Welcome to the Individual Matters podcast and video series where we're focused on learning about learning. I'm your host, Andrew Caton, and I'm joined by my co-host and wife, Dr. Katrina Caton, licensed psychologist, educator, and author. Hello, everyone. We're wrapping up our 5R Solutions for Everyday Living, a series focused on executive functioning skills and ways to support them. Today, we'll discuss the final R, which stands for Review and Recharge. So what does it mean to review and recharge? Why is it that we've included that as our, our last R in this, in this series? So these two, uh, this last R, these two, uh, review and recharge are kind of that final lap, kind of wrapping everything up together. So it sort of supports that whole idea of what we've been talking about with finishing up, um, with all the other R's and what's important about review is one, we want to make sure that what we thought was the problem was the problem and that our solutions worked. And if they didn't, then we just want to make some changes, some fine tuning, um, really celebrate what worked and then maybe change what didn't. And then the other piece is recharge, which is uh, being able to take a break, to uh, fill our buckets back up, to rest, and to uh, find that kind of sense of rebooting our system and feeling rested. So maybe this is easiest done if we go back to our discussion about SMART goals that we had a a couple sessions back. If you're at the end of your, your timeline, for completing your SMART goal, whether this, so review would involve going back and looking at whether you completed your goal or not. That's right. So you can look at what went well, what didn't, and then for things that didn't go so well, then you've probably hit on a uh, misplaced why. So what the actual executive function challenge was might've been missed or mislabeled. And then you did a solution that doesn't quite address it. And so it's a good time to review if you uh, addressed the, the right problem, so to speak. So you can go through each of these five R's, or I guess the four R's that precede this one. I mean, you can go back and you can look at reframing and redefining. And if you're working with your student, you can talk about what that means again. So what their executive functioning challenge is and how it impacts them. Um, again, the goal of that is just to separate can'ts from won'ts. And then you can look at things like um, rhythm and routine. And you can talk about what rhythm and routine you use to reach your SMART goal and how well that worked for you. The third R is reduce. So you can go back and look at, okay, did we reduce the tasks and the sorts of the kinds of things that we had to keep in mind? Did we reduce them enough? Are there things we could have left out or taken out next time? Yeah. And then another thing that this also helps with is sometimes we maybe overshoot the moon. So we think that there's a skill there. Um, and maybe it's not there. So for example, um, working with a student and has some low grades, why do you have low grades? I don't know. So you're kind of checking those grades. And so then you set up some kind of system where you check the grades at the end of the day, what are they? And, and you find that maybe that didn't work as well because we still don't really know what happened. And then we realize, oh, well, this actually is a, um, skill deficit that this student doesn't know how to self-calculate a grade, meaning doesn't know how to figure out exactly what their grade is based on what's turned in, how many points and all of those things. And so then you can kind of back it up and start there by learning that skill and then putting that in as part of your checklist. Something we didn't talk about in the previous episodes, but something that um, we sometimes work with clients on or encourage them to do is include like a uh, thought log or an emotion log while they're working towards their goal. So this would be a good chance for them to go back and look at times during the day or times over the preceding weeks when they had 
feelings of frustration or avoidance or procrastination, whenever they became aware of that, just highlighting you know, what transitions were going on then or what activities they were about to do or what moments of the day this occurred in, those kinds of things. So you can probably look back and identify some patterns and say, oh, okay, well, every day that I was getting ready for school or that my student was getting ready for school, we had a blowout or we had you know, feelings of confusion or, or anxiety or whatever. Um, so if you can take, pull that stuff away, um, that's some good information for moving forward. That's a great point, I think. So looking at when did we have the most amount of negative emotion? When did we have things that didn't get done? So let's say I'm supposed to fill out my planner every day and I didn't. Uh, maybe I don't know how to fill out a planner. Maybe I was trying to write too much. Maybe I didn't know where to write it. Maybe I was getting frustrated with the planner um, because I really didn't want to use it in the format that was asked of me. So I think looking at those times when those negative feelings come up, that agitation, that's a really good indication that you're, there's a skill deficit. And then looking at things that didn't happen or didn't go well and not saying, well, there was no effort, but then becoming an investigator and looking a little bit closer about, whoa, why didn't this go very well? Or what could we tweak a little bit? Um, maybe we put too many things in the morning. Maybe there's just some of those need to be moved to the evening. Or maybe we can move a couple more things to the evening because we had extra, or to the morning because we had extra time. So it's really about looking at what worked, what didn't work, and then figuring out why it didn't work. Yeah, we've talked about checklists and how valuable those are. So this would be a chance to go back through that checklist and add some items in, take some things out, maybe move some things around. Another way to do this would be to go back through your planner for the for the weeks that you were working on your Smirkle and just go back through it and look at how well homework and assignments were documented, which days were left out. Maybe every Wednesday there's nothing entered into the planner. Why is that? Maybe there's something that happened on Wednesday or there's something in the schedule that doesn't give the student time to do it or distracts them. Anyways, you can go back through that week to week to week and identify maybe where some, some shortfalls are. And also, like we've talked about in the past, this should involve, if you're working with your student, this should involve the student, um, checking with them about what worked. So the best way to have that conversation is, hey, what went really well this week? What went really great? What did you uh, feel really good about? And make sure you're starting there. And then after they share some things that went really well, then you say, this is what I noticed went really well. This is what I like that you did this week. This is what I'd like to see more of because the solutions to the things that didn't work are probably in hidden or placed within those things that did work. The other thing is, is that opens up a conversation that feels really good. And people like to have conversations that feel good. We don't like to have conversations that don't feel good. So make sure you're starting out with a focus on what worked, not what didn't work. And then um, really, one, one thing that works really well with kids is to say, I'm wondering if, or I'm wondering, as opposed to what went well, what didn't. So maybe you don't want to fire those questions at them like an investigator or interrogator. You want to say, hey, you know, I noticed that the checklist worked really well. I'm wondering if there were things about that checklist that you think worked really well. So you're softening the questioning so it doesn't feel like an interrogation. Yeah, you want it to be kind of a fun 
and certainly a positive experience, right? And it's it's a critical experience, but we want it to be constructively critical rather than negative or, or blaming. Exactly. And we talked about that last time with positive reinforcement. And uh, a professor taught me, when, or a supervisor taught me at my internship was catch the kids getting it right before they do. So essentially what that means is you're complimenting them on what you want more of and you're catching them getting it right. You're catching them before they even get it right. And you're building that momentum towards we want more of what we do want, not less of what we don't want. Yeah, it's important to keep in mind. Okay, do you want to move on to recharge now? So we've talked about the importance of reviewing after, you know, at some point, whether you've met your goal or not. So what does it mean to recharge? So recharging essentially means you've worked really hard on something that was probably upstream. So for individuals with executive function, you probably know you need to use a planner, but you don't. You know, yes, you'd love to have that cleaned out backpack and that nice looking locker and a clean room. We all love that, but it's not downstream. It's not natural or easy to make those things happen. It's sort of like paddling upstream, which takes quite a bit of energy, quite a bit of effort. And so the whole idea of recharging is that you're going to kind of recharge your battery from having it be drained in um, the development of these skills or even the implementation of these strategies. And one thing I find is that people are really hesitant to put recharge on their to-do list. So what I would recommend is that it becomes an absolute. It becomes part of your to-do list. Just like play should be on the to-do list, recharging should be on the to-do list. It's not something that's an extra or maybe I'll get to it. It's an essential. You've got to recharge. So is this something that's done on a daily basis then, I guess, you, this is really important to do all the time, not just at the end of your goal. Um, anytime you're working on something where you're flexing your, you're flexing what is comfortable, your 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 area of familiarity. If you're working on new skills, you have to rest afterwards, um, like you would in anything else. Absolutely. Um, and so again, I think it goes back to our rhythm and routine. So your rhythm and your routines, whether it be daily or weekly, should have the rest chart, the recharge and the rest time put into those rhythms and routines. So it just becomes a natural cycle of who you are. You do what you need to do. And then you also have time for rest. And we don't really model this really well for kids. I think they see us go, 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 go until we crash at night and go to bed. And then we get up and do it all again. And so giving them the permission and the encouragement of of taking that time for recharge, reinforcing it, talking about it, making it important in those rhythms and routines is something that they might not see. So it's something that um, you really have to talk about and, and make a big deal. It is an absolute big deal. So how do you do that? I mean, just to give some examples, is that is that like coming home on Friday after a week of school and not working on homework or, you know, is it like family night or, or vegging out or what, what does that look like? Well, and that's the tricky part because I think it looks so different for everyone. For some people, a recharge on a Friday is they get home from work or school, they put their stuff down, they change into their running clothes and they go for a run. Other people, that's not because the running and the exercise is uphill. So for them, or upstream, so for them being able to put on their pajamas, grab a movie and some popcorn and just watch a movie that's silly and they don't have to think that's going to be recharging 
The important thing is that you listen to your children. They will tell you with their behavior and their actions and their choices, what's recharging for them and what's not. It might not be recharging for you, but if it's recharging for them, you have to kind of honor that and see how that goes. Obviously, you're not gonna recharge by playing video games for 48 hours straight during the weekend and then be wiped out and have done nothing. Um, but you have to kind of listen and see and talk about what is recharging and then notice when your child gets that time, what's their behavior after? What's their emotional regulation after? Because one of the things about recharging is ultimately it's going to improve all those other things like emotional regulation, behavior, their, just their general ability to uh, function and regulate and interact and pay attention because they're rested. And I think we can all think about times when we're not some of those skills and those abilities weaken because we're just not rested. Going back to rhythm and routine, you know, that recharge is something when it's built into the schedule, it's expected and the kids kind of, they ease into it. They know it's coming. It's goes back to pacing ourselves and using timers and all those sorts of things. When we have an idea of how long we might be doing something or, you know, how long is this going to go? When am I going to get a break? when we know that that recharge opportunity is coming up, whether it be at the end of the day or the end of the class or the end of the, you know, at the end of the week or whatever it is, it's something we can, we can pace ourselves towards it. We know it's coming and we can look forward to that. So that's a really, that's, that was, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I think the other piece is what I see with uh, kids with executive function who are also perfectionistic and those tend to go hand in hand. We've talked about that previously. Um, is that there's sort of this idea that if I let go and recharge, I might never recover or return from this abyss of laziness and unproductive uh, behavior. And um, it's kind of that fear. You're just holding on tight so you don't lose all control. And so I think this is really good lesson, a really good um, opportunity for them to learn that, you know, I can do self-care and I can let go for a little bit and still return because my rhythm and my routines and my reinforcers and all of those things will still be there when I come back out of this recharge time. Um, and so I think it's, it's something that does have to be implemented because sometimes people just don't want to stop or they think they might just never return. Yeah. And you'd mentioned it was in our last session, we were talking about rewards and one of the questions you'd asked or, or something that comes up when designing rewards for meeting goals or working on executive function skills is why should I reward my child for something that they should already be doing? And you kind of talked about that. And I think about recharging too. It's probably easy to forget how, whether even if some skills are easy for us, for somebody else, they're not. And for a child learning a new skill or breaking an old habit or doing something that seems relatively easy or simple to an adult, may be a lot more difficult than we realize for the child. So that need to recharge is even, you know, we might do it and not need to recharge, but they, they really have worked themselves and, and they, they need that downtime. And I think the other thing is for some, for some students, this will never be fully integrated. This will always be work. So remembering to use the planner, remembering to clean out my bag, remembering to pack my lunch, remembering to do this, remembering to put it away and then putting it will always be work. And so the nice thing about recharge is you don't have to be on all the time. And I think that 
when we have this idea that I have to be perfect and on all the time and everything has to be done perfectly all the time can be really exhausting and then you start to get a lot of anxiety and some other things or some avoidance um and so the idea of recharge is that you got to get a break from the work so um just keeping that in mind just because you get some rhythm and routine and you get the reinforcers in place and they're able to do the list monday through friday and they do a really good job it may still be work and i think acknowledging that and saying I know this is work for you and I can see that you're doing a good job pushing through that. Let's take the day off from having to pick up or clean up or whatever it is that they're, that they find to be work. Okay. All good stuff. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? I don't have anything else on this. Um, just want to make sure that I say one more time that put that recharge on the to-do list. We hope you've enjoyed this series on executive functioning, which we call the 5R Solutions for Everyday Living. Executive functioning is so important to school, career, and personal success. We've referred to EF as a get-it-done skills for life. These include everything for transforming an idea or intention into real and meaningful outcomes. EF is what's needed to make life happen. Just to recap, over the last few episodes, we've talked about reframe and redefine. This involved how and why it's important to call executive functioning what it is and identify how it affects our student. This is important for differentiating can'ts from won'ts. Next, we discussed rhythm and routine and how these scaffold and support good habits. Remember, schedules are about time, routine is about flow. Next, we talked about reduce and why it's needed to dial back the amount of tasks and information we are managing at any time to a single point of focus. Next came rewards and reinforcers and how these can be used to mark progress as well as to motivate us to the finish line and celebrate our success. Last, today, we discussed review and recharge and how and why we look back over the journey and rest up before we start out again. As always, you can find more information as well as resources on our website, individualmatters.org. We hope you'll join us for the next podcast, where we'll continue to learn about learning and share ways to help your student and yourself lead a more positive and fulfilling life.